If you want to take the word of God with me tonight and turn, or this morning, rather, and turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We're not jumping that far into time. It's not the evening just yet, right? And I try not to keep you till the evening, that is, so that, that we would appreciate. Luke chapter 17. We had been doing a study through the book of 1 Corinthians, and in, in light of Thanksgiving, uh, the Lord just laid this upon my heart, and so we will find ourselves this week in the book of Luke. I can remember uh, when I, growing up as a, as a child, um, we, and Thanksgiving Day, it wasn't really something that we had, wasn't that we were unthankful, but it wasn't a particular tradition that we would go around the table and thank one another or thank God for things or anything of that kind. Uh, but I remember one particular time uh, I want to say it was because uh, of us four kids, we had um, caused such a stir of mom that got her quite frustrated uh, that my father thought it was a good idea for all of us during devotions uh, to uh, tell individually, each of us, tell mom exactly what we were thankful to her for. And I, I know my mom afterward, after he had already initiated, was like, why in the world are you doing this, right? And all of his kids are like, yeah, Dad, why are you making us do this, you know? And, uh, but, you know, as a kid, you're like, okay, now what do I say, right? I got to think about what am I thankful to Mom for? And um, taking the time, uh, I, all of us in the inability of ourselves, right? But all, I think nearly all of us actually wrote it out in letter form so that we could help to process what we wanted to say. And on the other side, so it didn't look so bad that we're like, ah, oh, Mom, I'm thankful for your food, you know? And uh, so we were coming up with crazy stuff. You know, I remember my letter consisted, consisted something of saying, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be alive, you know? Like, uh, thank you, Mom, you know? And uh, things that I was saying wasn't so necessarily sincere, but I was trying to do my part in giving thanks. You know, sometimes Thanksgiving uh, in this time of year can be that type of thanks which we're giving. It is not really so much of a heart of gratitude as much as it is I'm trying to conjure something up to share with somebody so it doesn't look bad like I'm not actually thankful. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I know one of the most encouraging things in the world for me personally is when someone takes the time to say thank you. In light of that, I would say thank you again to you as a church for the, you did a special pastor appreciation and, and I'm, I'm so thankful uh, for that. And it's, it's encouraging when someone tells you thank you. Thank you. It helps you to, to know you're doing the right thing. It helps you to know I need to keep moving forward. But you ever wish that in life that you could go back to a certain time and period or maybe to someone and just say thank you when you miss the opportunity to do so? I think probably for me, one of the people that would stand out in my mind that I feel as though maybe I, I didn't say thank you enough was to my grandma. I, I, I have grandparents that, that live in Hong Kong. My grandmother barely speaks uh, English, and my grandfather speaks broken English, so I've only seen them maybe four or five times in my life. My grandfather on my father's side uh, passed away when my father was 16 years old, and so I never knew my grandfather. But my grandmother passed away about six, seven years ago, and um, she had moved to our uh, immediate area, Tower Hill, Pena, Illinois, and she was living in an assisted living there for uh, the, the end of her life that, that she was there. And she moved there because she was just at the point where she couldn't do a lot for herself. And, and quite honestly, of, the, of my father's siblings, they, uh, my, my father's the seventh of eight kids, and 
so his oldest siblings are old enough to even be his father. <laughs> and uh, so it was my dad who took the initiative and just took care of mom and had her move into the, the close immediate area. And, and so we would see grandma all the time. In fact, grandma would come to uh, church. You know, I can remember uh, we at our church particularly, we had a handicap ramp. It went two ways. And uh, we, the church is already on a hill. And so you're going uphill to go <laughs> uh, from the parking lot to the church. And when you get there, the handicap ramp, you know, is going quite a ways just to get you up the steps. And, uh, you know, I'd always have a time with grandma. You'd, you'd be pushing her uh, good and fast going up and down that handicap ramp. And she'd be holding on for a dear life, you know. Here I am, I, like 16 years old or so, and, you know, just running with her up and down. And, and we always love joking with her, but, you know, those are times sometimes, especially maybe towards the end of my grandmother's life, that it seemed like, you know, she was not quite herself as I knew her once to be, yet uh, I'm thankful for her. The time that, that she took to spend with me, those times were special. And even for all the silly things that I maybe thought were silly at the time, uh, and, and the annoying times maybe even as a kid that I thought, you know, why we always got to go grow over grandma's or does grandma really have to come over? Uh, yet it's those times that I miss. And now that she's gone, it's, it's as though I wish that I could just go back and say thank you, grandma. I'll give her a hug and say thank you for all that you've done and, and for, for, the, for being my grandmother. And, but yet gratitude, unfortunately, sometimes isn't always, doesn't always come that genuine. In fact, a, a thankful heart or an attitude of gratitude isn't something in our sin nature that comes naturally. Uh, the most natural thing that comes uh, in our mind are the, the negative things. It's the things that, that we don't want to think on, yet they're in our mind, the things that we wish we could forget, yet they frustrated us. And, and, and it, if we're not careful, it overcomes the heart of gratitude that we should have. It's in Luke chapter 17 that we find a man who didn't just say thank you, but he said it with a heart of gratitude. And he said it in such a way that it was directly coming from, as it should for our lives as Christians in the same way, it directly came from the joy which he had from salvation. You know, true gratitude of the Christian's life comes from our salvation. If you're truly joyfully encouraged and drawn closer to Christ and reminded of what he's done in your life, if that is prevalently, actively on the, on the tip of your tongue and on the, uh, on the very object of your mind, that it's going to produce an attitude of gratitude. You won't be able to help but have a thankful spirit and have a joyful spirit in what you do. Uh, and, and it is this, this man who we find his thanks being rooted in the salvation which he had received in Christ Jesus. Luke chapter 7, verse number 11. The Bible tells us, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men, uh, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, arise, go thy way, for thy faith hath made thee whole. I would first bring your attention to verse 16 where the Bible tells us this man was a Samaritan. 
keep in mind that Jesus is known as the king of the Jews, and it is, it is the Jews who he had, we find him having a distinct ministry towards. Yes, he had a ministry towards the Gentiles, and he was in Samaria and these other places, but there is significance in that fact that he particularly had no problem in healing that Samaritan. One of the problems that was, that was being had of the children of Israel, or should we say the Jews at this time, is they were treating the Samaritans much differently, as the, the, not even as the different race, but as they were not one of them. And there was so much hatred be, between them. But yet we don't find that in Jesus. We find his love. We find his care. Aren't you thankful for the love of Christ? Amen? His mercy and his grace, which sh so lovingly is shown upon all who come to him. And, and this is, uh, we find uh, Christ not, not um, exclusively giving any attention to one people group, but yet showing care and love and, and doing the, the miracle of, uh, of healing upon all ten of these men. And may I say that miracle of healing in every one of our lives is that spiritual healing. It's a healing of salvation. Amen? Aren't you thankful for, for that spiritual healing? The salvation which God gives. That should encourage you. That should drive you. That should control you. Uh, yes, we can go down the road and say, yes, give the gospel, be a witness for Christ, all these types of things. But that should motivate you to have an attitude of gratitude. Jesus brings this question, and he asks this question in verse 17. He says, where are the nine? May I say that? That is the same question I would have for you this morning. I'm not saying this morning that we are all unthankful people, but where are the nine? Are you one of the nine, or are you as this one man? This man we don't find giving a name, because the attention he even desired was not to be brought to himself. The glory that he was seeking to give was to God and God alone. And yet, how true it is as Christians, we can be as those nine. We can get so caught up in all the blessings that God gives to us that we fail to give a heartfelt attitude of gratitude. One that is produced and comes from the salvation which, is, which God has given to us. The Bible tells us of how we can know if our gratitude is based on the joy of our salvation. And that's first in examining our motive. What is our motive? In verse 12 and 13, the Bible tells us of what these ten lepers said. In, I don't necessarily think they said it in unison, but they were in unison of mind of that which they told the Lord. They said, Master, have mercy on us. The Bible tells us that they stood afar off because this leprosy which they had was not one that you would, uh, there was no six foot distance to this disease. I mean, it was such, so contagious and it was so shunned that they would literally shun the people. There is a distinct place where the lepers would be, would be at. In fact, you find that even more so that Jews are being among Samaritans. That was not commonly found, but this leprosy is what brought them to this point. And they come to the Savior, they come to Christ, knowing that it is he and only he who could heal them. And they come to him saying, Master, have mercy upon us. You see, what we find of these ten men is that nine of them had one motive and the other had a different. Where nine of them, their motive was simply heal us. Give us a blessing. Make us better. Yet for the ninth, it wasn't just a motive of simply heal me. But yet he found through the healing, and he was reminded through the healing of who it came from. He acknowledged that to whom it came from. Turn with me, if you would, keeping your finger in Luke to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. The motive of these nine men was only for their sickness to go away. The cause of their thankfulness was, was 
yes, it's not that they weren't thankful, but they, they, that which caused them to be thankful was simply that their wrong or their need was removed. What caused this one man to be thankful was not only and because this need was removed. It, it was because uh, of who he knew it came from. It came and was produced out of a heart change within his life. The Bible tells us that he came to know Christ. In, in 2 Corinthians 12, in verse 7, we find Paul speaking to the Lord, and he says this, Unless should I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's Paul who asks and he says, Lord, remove the thorn. And God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. You don't need the thorn removed. What you need to be able to see is my grace is all that you need. Paul, don't conclude in your mind that just because you've got this weakness removed of you, of you and now you have a strength that suddenly now you're going to live a so much better of a life. What should become sufficient in your mind is that you have my grace. And Christian, so, so this is very much the same response that we can have as Paul had to begin with. We come to God and say, Lord, I'm weak. Lord, I'm discouraged. Lord, I'm sick. There's something in my life. Please remove it out of my life. But our conclusion should be this. As the Lord told Paul, my grace is sufficient for me. Christian, let me ask you, is the grace of God sufficient for you? If that's all you have, even in the midst of all the thorns, the frustrations, the discouragements, the, the disheartening times in life, can, can the grace of God be sufficient enough for you to produce an attitude of gratitude continually all throughout your life? The Bible tells us that Paul realizes and he's speaking to the Corinthians in that way I'm thankful for that which God has given to me that is his grace and his grace alone that's all that I need Christian may I say our our thankfulness this thanksgiving can be entirely different if it's rooted and based in the grace of God if it's rooted and based in the grace of God and his grace that is of giving us salvation God is gracious and he is merciful. That difference between grace and mercy. Merciful is his choosing to withhold from giving us something which we deserve. His grace is choosing to give us something even though we don't deserve it. God is gracious. He's given us salvation. We don't deserve it. He's merciful and not removing us entirely from this earth even though we deserve that. The grace of God should be sufficient. Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Notice with me, secondly, in verse 14 through 16 of Luke chapter 17, if you still have your finger there, the Bible tells us that, the, that your gratitude, is, if it is based on the joy of your salvation, there must be a first an examination of your motive. What is motivating you? Are you simply motivated simply to have the weakness removed? Or are you motivated because of what God has done for you? Secondly, examine your character. In verse 14 through 16, the Bible says, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he, notice, saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. And he fell down 
on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Again, oftentimes we can get so carried away with all the blessings that God has given to us that we take our eyes off the one who has given them. God, please take away the thorn in my flesh. God removes it. God takes it away. Okay, and we just continue on with Christian life. <laughs> and yet we've hardly taken the time to even say thank you. And by the way, you know, sometimes it's not always the will of God for us or even others to be well. It's not always the will of God. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. How could God be a God of love? God has a perfect will in all things. And if we are truly finding the grace of God to be sufficient for us, we should be able to conclude within our heart and our mind that that's all that we need. God is gracious. God is merciful. What God is doing is, is, is simply an act of his love, and, and I must conclude that he's in control. The Bible tells us there must be an examination of our character. I wonder when we, when we would ask the Lord for things, do we have the character enough to say, Lord, thank you. Get down on our knees. Lord, thank you. Falling on our face. Lord, thank you. This is because of you. Sometimes, as the Christian, we can you know, be more of a, a pessimistic, negative individual. We dwell upon the things that are discomforting. But if our heart, and I say again, if our heart is speaking forth of the joy of salvation, we can't help but find the grace of God as being sufficient. And in our character, we can't help but turn back to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. This is because of you. It's the conclusion uh, that all things in life are because of God, both the good and the bad. Everything that God is behind, it, 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 it is our, our failure to, acknowledgement, to acknowledge before him thanksgiving that is, is in reality, it's, it's sin before him. The Bible tells us, thirdly, examine your faithfulness. The word of God tells us that this miracle caused him to place the emphasis of his life now on something different. Notice with me again in, the, in these verses, the Bible says, verse um, 18, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said to him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. You see, it's not, an, it, it, it's, it's not in verse 19 that this man receives Christ as his savior, but rather it's from the moment that he was healed that he does. That's why the Bible tells us in verse 14, and it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. He tells them to go to the priest. As they go to the priest, they're walking to the priest. They're not even there yet. But their act of obedience was evidence that they had faith in God. And more specifically, uh, their, uh, this act of obedience from this one man was evidence that God had changed his life. Yes, God changed his life from the moment that they're walking to the priest. They're not even there yet. Now he turns back, having been healed. We find a change. We find a change. Say, so what exactly do you mean? Your faithfulness. The emphasis which he was making upon his life was not about what good was brought to me. And aren't we thankful for the blessings that God brings in life? Amen? God does bring blessings. But he wasn't just dwelling upon the good things that happened directly to me. He was seeking to give thanks to the one to whom those blessings came from. Acknowledging this, this, is not a, this is not about me. This is th that my thanksgiving is not just because and only because I'm healed. The Lord, you saved me. 
He's now placing his focus upon the eternal things. What I'm trying to say is this morning is sometimes even as Christians, we can uh, focus so much on, on the earthly things. Lord, please, you know, uh, help me with my car. My car's having trouble. <laughs> or, or help me uh, to be able to, um, uh, you know, get through this time in my life. It's difficult. Or uh, help me to um, be able to ask this person for forgiveness because I don't know how to do it. We ask for these things, but placing an emphasis on the eternal is concluding, you know what, the most important thing is, how is my relationship with God? What has God done for me? And when I keep my eyes upon what Christ has done for me, it's going to affect and change my entire way of living. You see, this man didn't just have a change in his physical life. He had a change in his spiritual life. And what, what produced his act of thanksgiving to God was the change in his life spiritually. It was now, I'm not going to focus upon that which happened to me. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to focus upon that which God has done and is doing for all. You see, I, I believe uh, I, that we find this man in so many ways, not just giving thanks even for his own self, but giving thanks for these other man, men. Because he's seeing the act of God being worked upon others and not just himself alone. May I say, thank, true gratitude and thanksgiving, it doesn't just have to do with us. It, it has to do with our God who loves all. And, and his act of, of kindness and his act of, uh, of grace and his act of mercy upon us. The root of our thanksgiving must be based upon what God has done. Is that what produces your thanksgiving? Is that what produces your gratefulness? Does your, your act of gratitude, does it start and conclude only in the week of thanksgiving or does it continue throughout your life? You see, this is what we find in this man's life. He wasn't a perfect man, but this was the beginning stage of a continuation of thanksgiving to God. I'm now not looking upon that which happened to me on the earth, but I'm looking to that which God has done for me spiritually. God has changed my life. And by the way, Christian, when God changes your life spiritually, it's going to change what you do in your active obedience towards him. As we just said a moment ago, their active obedience was evidence that God had changed their life. And, and so the very same should be said, can be said of us. If God has truly changed your life, there's going to be a clear evidence of obedience to God found within your life, in, in every area of your life, in every part of your life, within your individual self, within the leadership of your family, um, in everything that you do and everything that you say, the eternal things are going to come first. You know, I, I can sit and say, Lord, please give me a car. I need a car. But at the end of the day, that car will someday pass away. Someday I'll go to be with Christ in heaven. And praise the Lord for that. But that thing which I'm asking God for to remove or to give me, if I'm purely so focused upon God answering that prayer, I've got my focus on the wrong thing. I'm focusing on the earthly. But focusing on the eternal is saying, Lord, these are the things that are going to last. These are the things that are important. These are the things that you place the emphasis upon. I'm not saying this Thanksgiving that you don't thank God for the earthly things that he gives. Let's, let us thank God for all things that he gives. Amen? But let that not be the only thing that we thank him for. And may the earthly things which we thank him for be based and rooted upon that spiritual salvation which he's given to us. Let's have every eye bowed and every eye closed.
the message is intended to be short and clear for our understanding today. I wonder if God 